commence primary ignition. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another X-Wing podcast. I am your host, Pete Lambro. Joined this week not by Chris Daniel. He's absconded. He's he's on the lam. He's run. He's run from his responsibilities. I believe he's off playing. Uh, I think he's off playing X-Wing, actually. Uh, but in his place, we have the ever reliable Sam Page. Sam, how you doing? I'm not doing the air horns. It's the day the Damn. air horns fell silent. Oh, no. That's the- actually, uh. That's the book I'm writing about, Chris. <laughs> the day the air horns stopped. Um, yeah. In a in a recent-ish episode, let's say, uh, Chris only did the air horns at the very end of the podcast. And I am not kidding when I said I posted that podcast at some time later, I saw on one of the bajillion Discord servers, someone say, hey, Chris isn't doing the air horns? Question <laughs> mark. I think like, we need really to uh, we need to wean the listeners off that. We need to prepare them for a post airhorn America. Uh, yeah, it's, it's after the midterms though, when, yeah. when they get banned. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, the next, that's the next leaked Supreme Court decision. I feel it's like I feel like we need like a band, like a late night show that can play us off that joke with a little <laughs> a little music. Ooh, Ooh. Like a little, like a kazoo yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. bass line. <laughs> Oh, no. oh man, maybe that could be my thing. Well, Chris is out, no air horns, but I'll do like a yeah, some royalty-free Seinfeld reminiscent bass lines. It's a very funny, uh, very funny tangent. We'll start with. Uh, so I used to work uh, for a media company, and and something we would do is we would make uh, commercials for stuff. Um, and we had a a repository of music that we licensed. And it didn't have any popular music in it at all. It had a ton of music that sounded just like popular music. So if you, let's say you wanted a song and you're like, oh man, the hot song of the summer is Katy Perry's Firework. I want, I want that song. You would search for that and it would give you like four songs that were pretty freaking close <laughs> that, yeah. that were from people you've never heard of. And you could just like insert that into your, uh, into your cut and it would be just fine to use. You don't have Pharrell's happy, but you do have bemused by a lesser known. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it would say, and it was like, you know, like the, and the, like the tempo is like very similar and the beat is very similar, but it's like just distinct enough. Right. It's like clearly this (laughs) music written by copyright lawyers. hundred percent. Yeah. That's kind of what this podcast is. Chris was suggesting we uh, rip a segment right off a, a, a larger X-Wing podcast that shall remain nameless. And I, I didn't call him out and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I don't even want to say the segment. It could give it away. Oh, I was going to say my familiarity with other X-Wing podcasts is so low that I probably wouldn't know. That's an absolute defense in court. <laughs> Ignorance. <laughs> Your honor. Actually, I don't care. <laughs> I've learned, I've learned from my grandfather. Uh, years ago, by way of learning from my mother, that's actually not a defense in court. No, it is very much not. <laughs> yeah, in any situation, 
Yeah, my my grand my grandfather was like a trial lawyer for like some insurance company. He was some, a very boring job that he made a lot of money at, and uh, and he used to like tell my mom he's like, oh, ignorance of the law is no excuse, right? Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, okay, sure. Well, you know, now people can't say the podcast never gave them any good advice because that's yes, yeah, the X wing tip of the week: ignorance <laughs> of the law is no excuse. And if you don't and know. Can- and can I just add, given the context in which we arrived at this tip, if a debt collecting company buys your credit card debt, make them produce the receipts. They may have bought your debt without the adjoining paperwork, in which case they can vacate it if you take them to court. That's right. Not, X-Wing tip of the week. <laughs> that's I'm not a lawyer. I just read that in an airline magazine once. I, I've seen several TikToks that have taught me that same piece of information, so it's got to be true. Oh, really? Oh, 100%. There's a whole, um, it's, we're getting all the nonsense out up front. There's a whole genre. Uh, you heard of this uh, this uh, social media platform, TikTok, yes? Yeah, I'm hip. You familiar? Yeah. There's a whole uh, uh, genre of like tip video on there where you like, you, the one person will be playing both roles and it's like, oh, I'm at the airport, right? And they're like, you know, like, oh, hey, I'm really sorry. We have to bump you from this flight. And the person will be like, oh, well, is there anything you can do for me? And they're like, no, unfortunately, you have to wait for the next flight. And they're like, Psst, they don't know that I know this hot tip. And then they'll be like, actually, the law says you got to give me $400 or something <laughs> like that, right? And the, the, and the airline agent's like, oh, man, how did you learn about that, right? And then yeah, that's how it's going like, to go down. That's how it's going to go down, right? I'd just like um, to say at this point that yet another X-Wing podcast is not a legal podcast. And anything construed in this one should not be taken as legal advice. Use at your own risk and, and other such disclaimers. That's right. Um, but there's also one where they're like, you're like, oh, if somebody comes calling for your medical debt, ask them for an itemized receipt and they probably won't have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and true. they're like, bow, 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 bow. hot tips. Um, yeah. So let's get back into the Star Wars stuff. This is the real theme of this podcast, Star Wars. And we'd like to yeah, start let's... with our Star Wars question of the week. And you brought one, right? Because in, yeah. the, in the few minutes of pre-show, I panicked and said, oh, shit, I don't have a Star Wars question. You got one? Yeah, well, this is good because this will bring us halfway to X-Wing from legal advice. We'll go to Star Wars and then we'll go to Star Wars board games. My Star Wars question of the week is, was the shift from Star Wars from a movie franchise to a television franchise a mistake? A mistake in what sense? A mistake in like the... If you were Kathleen Kennedy... And you had been given the option around the time Solo flopped to pivot from spinoff films to spinoff television shows. Knowing what you know now, would you, which which do you which would you have chosen? No, I, I think television shows. Like, I think from like the business perspective, I think the like f- the frequency that they can churn out the TV shows. And the length of time it takes to like air them keeps people subscribed to Disney Plus longer, um, because I think I think the Star Wars fan has a lot of crossover with the Marvel fan. I mean, not necessarily myself. I don't really follow Marvel that closely, but I mean, I've I'm, please I've watched. I've certainly seen the movies because I've been to a movie theater the past twenty years, right? But. Um, I the I think there's a lot of crossover between those fans. So like the pace at which they're producing and alternating between types of show available keep people subbed to Disney Plus, which long term I think brings them more money. Right. So like, you, you, you took the the Kathleen Kennedy 
I, 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 I like, like it's like money making wise. I think that's the right choice for them because I think they prefer instead of like, is they're still going to release star Wars movies and get these large influxes of billions of dollars. But I also think they're going to get $8 from as many people on this planet as possible forever. And that mm. is like really nice money too. I will say in the, in the money department, it, it does seem from the behind the scenes and the Disney behind the scenes are like propaganda because they don't show any of the like myriad problems, oh, yeah. but it does seem like they don't ever leave the like Lucasfilm lot in California. Well, now uh, they've got that incredible stuff yeah. actually from, from Epic entertainment. Well, they've got the volume, right? The ILM uh, like stagecraft thing where they have the led background that shifts and then, yeah. Right. And, and then they have a green screen, uh, outdoor thing for like bigger effect shots like the rancor stuff they did partly on that and then and then they sometimes they shoot like just like you know outdoors in california like the mandalorian episode where boba fett gets his armor back but so it definitely saves the money in terms of like they don't fly to tunisia all the time anymore yeah no more no more george lucas uh building a city in the tunisian desert only to have it like blow down in, in between yeah. the, the building and getting ready to I will say it. I wish they would leave Tatooine in general but I do think they're hitting diminishing returns on uh, Tatooine specifically in that ILM volume stuff because something about the desert washes out like you don't get the unless you're doing like a sunset it kind of looks like nothing after a while yeah. on the volume but, well, but, but we're just in time for Obi-Wan yeah <laughs> Do we, do we I don't care? know. That last trailer seemed all right. Yeah, it's it's. I'm it's not tr- sure. Like, okay, let me ask you this: Is Obi Wan gonna in in quote unquote like modern time, not flashback? Right? Mm-hmm. Is Obi Wan gonna encounter Darth Vader in the Obi Wan series? Go. Yeah, I think so. Ugh, which God, which creates a, a crazy <laughs> plot hole. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It's not, well, a, plot actually, it's it not does. a plot hole per se, but it's it's. You know, inconsistency. Well, it's it's not a plot hole so much. It is just like a a thematic like half measure that is just like you know we had this we fought in hell. You chopped on my limbs off, and then we ran into each other at BP when we were both getting gas, <laughs> and then yeah. we met again in the Death Star. You know, it's like eh, well, what about I that mean, middle like, one? Specifically, Darth Vader says, "You know, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master." There's no there is no situation in which they meet during the Obi-Wan series where Darth Vader considers himself the learner still so that that line holds true. Well, so here's how they could get around it. If I put my hack writer hat on, which I wear most of the day, uh, most of the day. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, you could have a little bit of like Darth Vader, you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm not trying to joke here, but like, you know, learning to use his robot body training under Palpatine montage, and that's like, oh, I'm the Sith learner. Well, you're still a Jedi master. Oh, uh, see, I would take a different direction with it. I would say they could have them face off. Obi-Wan handily, you know, not defeats him because he doesn't want to defeat him, but like kicks his ass get, again. Kicks his ass and is like, peace out. And Obi-Wan gives him a quip. He was like, you still got a lot to learn, Anakin. And uh. <laughs> That's my hack writer. I think Gears is a little hackier because it has like a self-referential one-liner, <laughs> but but maybe less uh, o- goofy. Obi Wan Kenobi is nothing if not self-referential one-liners. 
Yeah, yeah. And Darth if Vader he, has a lot of one-liners too. Fifty dollars right here. Podcast podcast record, fifty dollars that I will pay up next time I see you in person if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan says hello there in this series. I, I don't want that action because you know they're gonna do that. It's, I know they're gonna do it and I yeah, hate it. I, I don't horrible. want it, but I know it's gonna happen. Um Yeah. I feel like you know, they fired the original writer on the show. Not and enough like, hello there's. I, I feel like that was probably a note. Like hey, why doesn't you know it's like uh why doesn't Obi-Wan say the line, you know? And yeah, it's like, a, it's it's because these shows are being reviewed by a room full of people who've never like done anything creative in their entire lives. Right. And it's like, they're like, well, actually. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a nightmare. I, I, the, the thing that kind of chafes me a little bit with, uh, with the thought that like now, okay, so they're doing, they're doing, uh, you know, these Disney shows, right. And they're kind of not like, to your point, they're kind of not, like miffed at having to recontextualize some of the original trilogy by, by if Darth Vader and Obi-Wan meet in this series, like they're not going to lose sleep over that. But the clone wars, like they did six seasons of clone wars where Anakin and Grievous were never in the same room. Right. (laughs) And they like, they so, they so devoutly kept to that. It was like, like they can't, they just can't because it's going to ruin this one line in this one scene of this movie. And it would not even ruin that much. Like they could still quip at each other, right? Like they could have easily had a, a thing and then Anakin still could have said that would have been fine. But now they're like, hey, fuck it, they could fight. Tatooine, it's, whatever. It's, yeah. I mean, on the one hand, I'm not, I'm not going to be precious about the canon because the canon has been basically unraveling since Return of the Jedi when they made Leia yeah. <laughs> Luke's sister. But uh-huh. yeah, no, it's 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 a head scratcher. Um, I don't know. Just, the other thing is don't don't make Owen Lars a, a character I care about. Like don't don't do that to me. That's <laughs> I funny. I See, that no, to I me is, is I will say briefly that it is funny to me, and it's a function of, you know. Star Wars becoming a bigger thing than it started as obviously is that yeah yeah his aunt uncle dying in the first movie he's kind of just like eh all right <laughs> yeah, all right and they're like your parents because the way it's recontextualized in the prequels is like these are the only two adults you've ever known in your life whereas it's not like right yeah because he was an infant yeah but the way they talk yeah. about it in the original trilogy is like you know I kind of knew my mother I kind of knew my father because he asks Leia like you know, what was your mom like before she died? And he asks, he talks to his, he argues with his uncle about like his dad, you know, what his dad did. And it's like, right. okay, he didn't really know his parents, but like, you know, maybe this is his like father's brother who he loves. I don't know. It's, it's very strange that, and then I almost felt like Rise of Skywalker, the very controversial ending, they were trying to do a, uh, I, like almost a, a pro Aunt Baru <laughs> Coda, uh, but not okay. explicitly, but there there's, you know, if there's any reason to go back to the little homestead, it'd be like to give Luke's parents a little credit, <laughs> which they didn't right. get in the original trilogy, but no, not, I mean, not really. And she, she buries the lightsaber in that, that very curious stranger's like, who are you? I'm Ray. Yeah. Ray, what? Lars. Lars. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been cool. That would have been, I mean, yeah, I mean, and Luke's joke. like the th- ghost. Luke's giving the fucking thumbs up in the background. Yeah, or he's no, he's just like scowling, and he's like, "Oh, come on." <laughs> uh, anyway, we're not 
not going to talk yeah. about Rise of Skywalker. Oh uh, no, we're not going to talk about. But but back to your um, the other side of the coin from the from like the fan perspective, I I think I'm pro TV shows uh, as my trickle of Star Wars content instead of a yearly movie. Yeah. And I guess I don't have a ton of reasoning why. I mean, okay, so yeah, I mean, here's the here's the cheap reason why I have two kids at home and it's like way easier for me to get the same experience all the other fans are getting uh by watching it on my TV at home where I can then I could talk to people about it, I can be excited for the new episode, like I can like participate in that in a way like so like my my daughter is 6, almost 7, mm-hmm. right? So like I, I have been out of the going to the midnight show of a movie like premiere for a, a few years now. And it's like, so I, I kind of don't have that. And I'm always the guy who like sees it two weeks later. I'm like, Oh man, I just saw the movie. I'm like real hyped to talk about it. And everyone's like, yeah, we already did that. I'm like, all right, well, so like the TV show gives me the opportunity to like participate in that in a way that's exciting for me as a star Wars fan. Right. And just a media fan in general. Yeah. I guess so, my two cents would be the opposite but i mean i like the mandalorian and i was really pleasantly surprised with its quality in the first when it came out uh yeah but there are there are aspects of television that are just so antithetical to star wars one being star wars was like the event movie when it was like episodic right right. and the second thing being well they've started talking in the behind the scenes like if you watch the book of boba fett documentary um they talk about well, they talk about Filoni has a quote about, you know, I think he's talking about the totally bizarre shoehorning in of the Luke stuff. And sure. he's like, we wanted this whole universe to feel super interconnected. And it's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, there's that's it's a little bit of a small universe problem when you start doing that stuff. It's already it's it's been a small universe, though. Like it's it's no, Star I know, Wars but always, it's always had that problem. But they could have made the choice to expanded i think the prequels even in hindsight whatever their faults uh one good thing about them is that they didn't show like young han solo in a vest i mean we got that movie eventually but like you know they they did they did kind of they did they had a lot of like you know the background character that was in makeup for seven hours who didn't have any dialogue you know that kind of stuff (laughs) that goes a long way towards you know you know the intrigue of star wars which is the like Oh, who's that guy? You know, and uh, right. we're gonna lose a little bit of that when Dexter Jetster shows up in the Ahsoka TV show in about four. Or months. when he shows up in his own TV show <laughs> called Dex's Diner. Careful, they may hire you as a producer, executive producer. I, keep... if I would, I would love to executive produce. That would be, you a know, Dexter what? Jetster show. That would be an amazing or a, or show a if they Krell prequel. Yeah, if, well, no, if they did a De- oh, De- Pron Krell, say no more, but if they did a Dexter Jester show that was like, uh, you know, almost like Frasier, where like half the show's in the coffee shop or Seinfeld, any yeah, show where it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, Cheers, obviously, is a show where they never leave the bar. Like if they did a sitcom, a Dexter Jester sitcom, uh, I mean, I'd be depressed, but I wouldn't love it. Um, <laughs> I'd be 100% in. Yeah, I, that's the thing is like, I'll, I'll listen. I like any true Star Wars fan. I love to complain about Star Wars, but at the end of the day, I like it. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I like it. I enjoy most of what they do 
even when it's like not great. Like even the Luke stuff, like I was like, yeah, all right, I'm into it. I'll watch it. This weird, I, this weird fake young Mark Hamill is yeah. actually pretty well done technologically. <laughs> I get, I give them a wide berth when they a do really weird non sequitur stuff. Like yep. they had a decent number of, uh, like weird palace droids and job of the hut, which I found gratifying or when they're doing something that is, um, like a huge technological advancement, like the Luke stuff was, I mean, that deep fake was unbelievable. Um, now yeah. I would rather they do something novel and good, but sure. <laughs> sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I don't give, I mean, I, I, I roll my eyes anytime someone's like, Oh, it was so obviously fake. I'm like, yeah, of course it's fake. The whole thing is fake. Do you think it's really on the left fucking lightsaber? I'm like, the whole thing is obviously fake. I was like, but Grogu's real. What they, but go on. Yeah, great. Yeah, well, Grogu's real in my heart and and in our our lives. Yeah, but no, uh, uh, it's just like what they did with the technology is absolutely incredible, and I I applaud that because they Star Wars started on the cutting edge of special effects and remains yeah. on the cutting edge of special effects, and I think that's really great. That's um, what it's all about. Listen, on I the guess. last note, before we get into X-Wing miniatures, I'm really ashamed that you never responded to my incredible joke on the internet I made the other day, uh, where I said a Tantive four, but it has four blocks of engines on the back, and it's a Pongkrelian Corvette. Oh, I didn't see it. I would have laughed otherwise. Oh, it's incredible. That's a good joke. God, this is, a, this is the Pongkrel. We should call this episode the Pongkrel episode, and then just, uh, this is the only reference to him the whole time. Hey, while we're totally um, off topic, can I quickly say, um, yeah, sci-fi franchises that are dying, excruciating deaths, Picard season two, the worst thing I've ever seen. Strange new worlds, brave new worlds. worlds is good. Good. Yeah. I like the first episode. It's um, good actually. Yeah. Okay. Has, has some stuff that's like, you know, uh, whatever you could quibble, but good cast, good ensemble cast, episodic. Who's that guy playing uh, Pike? Because he is extremely handsome. Anson Mount, I think his name is. Oh, terrible name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, guy. Nice. Uh, listen, famous actor man who's getting paid a ton of money from Viacom, CBS, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you terrible name. Well, uh, we're going to get an angry right. letter. <laughs> if he listens to this podcast, I'll accept his angry letter. I will. We'll have him on. To talk about, we'll have a Star Trek episode exclusively, another one. Um, yeah, so all right, so let's talk about X-Wing, the miniatures game. A game I have not played, actually, in a couple of weeks, but I was just telling you in the pre-show, I don't think I'm off it. I think I I think I really could have a good time playing it. I'm kind of kind of itching a little bit here. But they, um, Papa AMG has blessed us with new cards, Sam. Have you looked at these for the clone Z95 Headhunter? I did, because I... I still play Republic, even though I think this ship is kind of heinous looking. Oh, you 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 wait! You don't like the physical design of this ship? I think it looks kind of dumb, but it looks as if it was plucked out of the CGI Filoni verse, which uh huh, which I think is cool. Yes, yeah, I know. I like it. I look. Yeah, you know what it is? It looks really flat. Oh yeah, right? like it's, it's the... it looks cartoonish. The Z95, the OG Z95, looks like an X-Wing with his S-foils closed, right? Like kind of like a flat X-Wing. And then Clone Wars is like, we can make it flatter, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and this pancake one, that like a little bit more. This one has kind mm-hmm. of a, 
Yeah, I guess this one does look less X-wing-ish. The wingspan is more appropriate for the X-wing, but it but they didn't make the nose bigger in proportion, so it looks different. Right. Yeah, he's like pointy nosed. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm also into these latest three pilots. The first couple pilots they showed off, I was not interested in at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but these ones, at least two of these, I'm interested in. So like <clears throat> obligatory points dependent. I would love to. I'm I'm happy this is a two pack because I want to fly two with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the first up we have Killer. Good name. Dependable closer. Uh, while you perform an attack, if the defender has two or fewer hull remaining, you may roll one additional attack die. If you do, gain one deplete token after rolling attack dice. All I can say for that is one, sounds cool, and two, look out hobby. Hobbies of the world. Watch your ass. Yeah, it's it's kind of a fun throwback. Get our gratuitous destiny reference into Star Wars Destiny Mace Windu, which had a finisher ability, which was Oh yeah. I like I've always I only have one of him. I've only ever pulled one of him. Yeah. Uh so I can't run the uh elite version. Yeah, it was like after you do damage, if if they have two health remaining, kill them or something like Just that. Ch- and it, because it's it's supposed to be attack of the clones, Mace Windu, where he chops off Django's head. Yeah, yeah. So killer yeah. I think this uh this ability is like very situational. If this, you know, you think of everything now in terms of the new point system. Right. Um, so this guy, it would have been tough to get my head around in the old point system, but now it's kind of a binary 2.3 points, I think, for these guys. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. If, if, if I would say for, for this pilot and for the last pilot, if, if either of them are three points with, it doesn't matter what loadout. Any loadout right. value, basically, uh, I would put it on the table, and I and I could see it having a place in a squad and seeing success, right? But like my point about uh, killer and hobby, like it's mostly a joke, right? But but there's a lot of A wings on the table, and there's a lot of V wings on the table, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that have shields but only have two hull, and killer gets bonus dice against them all the time, right? Yeah, and he shoots at I two, which is a feature here. Right, exactly, yeah, because you're more likely to get them down lower. Um, and then here's a question I have about their, their ship ability, the versatile frame. Mm-hmm. What is the uh, – help me understand this. What is the point of putting the equipping one torpedo or missile upgrade on the card? I think that would have made more sense in the old game <laughs> um, where – uh, they would have just not given them the slot. It will be interesting. My question is, are, does that mean that if there's a two-pointer, which I assume there will be at least one in here, does the two-pointer get the torpedo or missile upgrade for free? With no well, loadout? It gets, like, it gets the slot. Yeah. Oh, I guess it, I, they could still get yeah, a zero so, loadout and it wouldn't. So Contrail right now, who is the two-point V-wing, he can equip the Besh config, which gives him a payload slot. Right, but then he, but he doesn't have any loadout, so he can't put anything in the payload slot. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is probably more of a lore thing than a game design reason. Sure, and, and it's it it probably, I guess, it's kind of, it's like, maybe it's maybe it's more relevant now because you actually might have some like random points to fill, so you can throw. Oh, some you know what? Hang on. Here's the here's the thing. Uh, it's the ore, right? You can't equip like if if 
you can't have both a torpedo and a missile upgrade on them. Right. Yeah, I guess. So they can't they can't just put both slots because you can't have both. You can only have one. Okay. So so they could give it both slots on its thing and then Yeah, you they'll, they'll give it both slots and then you have to choose which one and then once I guess you is that how that I don't want to I don't yes. want to bog us down in a rules question we Listen, don't know the answer to, but we'll come back to how English works later. But uh, let's talk about the next pilot we got here, yeah. Drift, Drift I3. And you can tell um, he's the worst card here because he's got the most garbage uh, subtitle. They just gave him his like clone number. Uh-huh. Drift CT1020. Uh, while a friendly ship at range 0 to 1 performs an attack, if you have exactly one non-lock red token or exactly one orange token, that ship may re-roll one attack die. That's a lot of word salad. Mm-hmm. If you have one, for, uh, I mean, it's. So it's like he can barrel roll and then mod his stuff still. Yeah. I mean, I think the, is like the utility would be in the swarm, right? Cause it, but right. there's a range zero to one thing. And obviously if you barrel roll, that's probably going to, you know, make you have to reconsider <laughs> who's at range zero to one. This, this feels like a pre, uh, 2.5 ability in a way. Like it's kind of like it a sure bu- a budget Hal runner and uh, yep. they already have the sinker who is their preferred budget Hal runner. So I don't know, maybe, maybe if swarms come back, but the, it doesn't really seem to be a thing at the moment. Um, no, not at the moment. Um, I'm not excited about drift. Also, I three seems fine. Right. And the barrel roll, by the way, is the only way natively for him to just give himself that single stress, which, you know, powers the ability. Yeah. Um, it's the only red action they have. It's, right? it's a, it's a they, weird, like K turn or something like that. But, it's a uh, weird thing because you'd think maybe this guy'd be the two point ship because his ability is dumb. But then it's like, right. You don't want to make the ship that is a swarm buffer the efficiency one. So then it's, you know, he's probably. Right. Yeah. Cause if he's two, that lets you fit so many more ships. Yeah. A bunch of V wings or something. So maybe, maybe this guy's three and, and gets like a big loadout value or something. This, now this last one is the one I'm most interested in. Also, the one whose card art I like the best, I want to say. Yeah, it's pretty uh, good. Stub Scrappy Flyer. He's I3. Okay, ready? Here's It's it's a long ability, but it's, it's an awesome one. While you defend, if the speed of your revealed maneuver is even, roll one additional defense die. While you perform a primary attack, if the speed of your revealed maneuver is odd, roll one additional attack die. So very in line with some other ships we have. So like similar to like Rick, uh, Oli, Olier's, uh, ability in the N one, where if he went faster than you, you, he gets to roll additional dice. Very similar, a little bit to, um, RZ two, a wing Lulo Lampar who can, uh, you know, you, you kind of make that choice and you're like, am I going to be defensive or offensive this turn by stressing myself or not, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this kind of plays in that same space where it's like he can fill both roles. Like, oh, this is a running turn. I'm going to do my even speed. I'm going to go four straight or whatever so that I can roll extra dice, right? Like, there's yeah. value I mean, that. and but, compared to Lulo, this ability is different maybe better i mean the thing is i think compared to lulo where you have to really think about 
whether you want to do it every turn and you kind of have the choice every turn because of how often the a-wings take the red action to boost or rotate um well it, you, you gotta you gotta weigh the pros Lulo, and cons this one is all upside right yeah and with lulo you sometimes don't have the option to choose or like i need to like focus boost, right, right right and and that's yeah. and that that yeah it's it's different in the sense that with lulo i think a lot of the time you are uh just taking the offensive mod and kind of accepting the downside because it's better to boost than to roll an extra die or you know given the situation this one i could imagine not even paying attention to the ability so much in the sense that you should just do the maneuver that's best for you and then just and take then, the, ooh, bonus whichever dice. Bonus. Yeah. So it's, uh, maybe it won't play that way. Maybe. Um, and certainly there'll be situations where, uh, your opponent might, or you might need the extra attack die or the defense die at the end of the game. On the other hand, you know, if your opponent is clever, they'll know that. And then they're, you know, you get the nice, the bluffing game, which we hope is at the heart of all great X-Wing games, which is, you know, he needs to kill me, so he'll probably do, you know, an even speed maneuver, but he knows I know that, etc. So. Yeah, and I, I love that stuff. I think. Actually, um, sorry, it's it's odd speed maneuver to get an extra. Right. Time. Odd, odd is odd. So here's the way, here's the mnemonic to remember it. Oddball is the most mm. offensive ship in the game. So, I mean, offensive, like to the senses, therefore going an <laughs> odd speed maneuver. He's the stinky. gives you better offense. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, I, 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 over, I'm excited about these ships, right? Like these. Yeah. These are all good. Pilot I don't know. Abilities. These, these are good pilot abilities. Drift is one I'm probably not going to use very often. I'm not, I'm not a swarm player. I, 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 I like shy away from the five or six ship lists that are like in right now, just cause ah, my brain ain't there. Right. right. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for these. And last week we talked about the new, um, the other guys, the Cad Bane mobile guys. Yeah. Uh, you missed that episode. Those I don't know if you saw those guys. You saw those guys. I saw those guys. Yeah. Those are interesting guys. Oh, yeah. Good looking guys. Victor hell. Victor hell. Yeah. More like it. Yeah, uh, I mean- oh, you know what? We didn't, t- well, I was going to say quickly because they're expecting a points update when these guys come out. That's um, that's the rumor. That's, that's the, the rumor. rumor straight from AMG, actually. And and it's it's interesting because you think Republic CIS scum is getting new stuff. Republic could use a maybe a little nerf. <laughs> uh, it's it's certainly in a strong place mechanically in two point five just because right. of all the actions efficiency. Scum and CIS could use a little help. Um, and, you know, maybe they'll get that in the form of some favorable points updates. But also, Scum and CIS just need maybe some three-point ships that are good. So, Yeah, and I could I could definitely see an argument for this Nom Lum to be three points, given the right loadout, the yeah, I-1 Nom Lum I-1 and the Nom. Rogue class. Yeah. Uh, maybe Cad Bane. Cad Bane seems a little too good. No, nah, yeah, because they're going to want to give him um, a lot of loadout. And what? Is, but what is, but also uh, like Victor Hell, like 
he could be three points, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Especially because you can't take stealth device anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm can, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm rehashing whatever. the content from last week. But. No, no, no. We didn't. We didn't talk too deeply about it. And then the other thing is actually they did another reveal last week after we recorded, but before before the episode went up, and even uh, ever ever content starved Chris Daniel uh, texted. He said, "You guys, what you want to get in the booth and record like a quick." Uh, taken i said yeah we'll save it for next week <laughs> yeah uh, but there is there is did you there is a, a reveal of uh uh cis cad bane did you see this one yes although i forgot what it does already it's all right i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw you the link right now yeah let me read it to you out loud this is this is a cad bane needs no introduction Pretty um good. Good subtitle. During the engagement phase, after another ship at zero to three is destroyed, you may spend one charge to perform an action, even while stressed. And he has one recurring charge. Um, so it's pretty nice because he can destroy a ship and perform, you know, an evade action. He could have like a if if another if like a, a, a wingmate of his is destroyed he can perform an action you know what i mean so it's like versatile and, and who he doesn't really care who gets blown up uh he's doing an action um and these things have a pretty loaded action bar right so like he's got access to a lot of good stuff um so we don't know the dial for either ship right we we know the dial for the Z95 is the exact same as the existing Z95. We okay. don't know the road class dial. Because I was um, thinking with yeah. Stub, who I'm calling Spud, and I'm going to try to make mm-hmm. that stick, is... Uh, you got me with it because you said it once, and I was like, oh, it. is that right? And I just, <laughs> I just rolled with it. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think Spud is... Uh, I think you might end up doing the, uh, like, you know, the one-speed maneuver for the less valuable half of the ability just because the one speed maneuver is kind of nice you know it's nice to do yeah. one bank one straight i mean it's a great oh, yeah maneuver. no no but the one the one speed gives them bonus attack that's good oh yeah okay so yeah, yeah. oh definitely that then yeah yeah i got it backwards yeah that's again. like he's just kind of slow rolls a little bit and then like just th- like three or four speed him on turn one to get him up in there and then just one bank around and and he's an x-wing right, right. And it's great and then with this cad bane ship the rogue class starfighter the mm-hmm. everything is going to depend on the dial, right? Because it has 800 linked actions and yeah, yeah. and they and they go token into reposition. And yeah. this Cad Bane ability is going to, you know, probably stress you a lot. So, yeah, well, and the um, the scum Cad Bane has some sort of stress, I think, a stress passing mechanic, too. Right. So, like so he, probably you know. not blue two hearts is what you're saying. <laughs> probably not blue two hearts but i i can't see it being terrible i don't know it, um, it, it's kind of like the sports car of the scum faction in terms of i kind of i i could see it i could see it having an x-wing ish dial like a t65 ish dial yeah um and that being fine right another like clue the, the X-wing, well i was gonna yeah. see the other clue is the stats because it has two agility and then seven health usually that's not the like flighty ace dial Correct. Well, and a more esoteric uh, connection is it's they got Victor Hell back right. using his same ability right. and and they got the dead to rights ability. Like we're probably never seeing a reprint of the, the Kirax or of the Kimoglia. Yeah, I can't you know, say Kimagila, I miss Kimagila. Kimagila. Yeah, right? We're right. not seeing we're not seeing reprints of those. 
so they're like, here's your scum X-Wing that the K-Fighter used to be, right? Like, right, right, yeah. You know um, what I mean? Like, uh, maybe, right? I hate the K-Fighter. Just want to put that on the record. As much as I love Talon Bane. Uh, I think we've talked about uh, your hate of that that ship because it's similar reason you don't like E wings is they just look very yeah, they, generic. They, yeah, spaceship. it's like a it's like a bootleg Star Wars toy. They don't look bad, but they don't look. Ah, it's not like, like offensive. It's just. I, but this with, this ship, it's got this, some design. Yeah, class for sure. Looks fucking rad. It, it looks like a little muscle car, like um, like General Grievous's like Beamer. Yeah, yeah, and and, and even he's, a little less like thirties campy like a, it's more it's less of an even like less of an homage to muscle cars than even the in one or the grievous mobile are like a little more of an I, attempt to integrate it into the star wars universe i i love that grievous mobile i and I, we were talking about clone wars earlier i love that so many so many episodes with general grievous and with him just peeling out in that thing yeah he's like until next time the total like Total opposite of the Gindy Tartakovsky cartoon where General Grievous never spoke, didn't cough, and he just would like show up, kill, and then disappear like into the night. They wouldn't like, you know. Right, where he was like a nightmare creature. Yeah, yeah. He was like a- They got a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that. There's an early Clone Wars episode where Grievous is like, uh, they like enter Grievous's lair and they find a bunch of like replacement body parts of his and stuff. Right, right. And he's like full spider mode on the ceiling. He's like, it's like a little horror, horror- movie style oh yeah they get there. they get dark in in the clone wars uh Filoni yeah. cartoon uh there are some other cards revealed uh for the rogue class very exciting to me is the xanadu blood title which <laughs> one incredible name yeah. just absolutely astounding name the xanadu blood t- <laughs> title uh it is for a rogue class starfighter so this is available on both the scum and the cis version uh given what we've seen though i am going to anticipate that it only is available to cad bane right given what we've seen amg do with uh moldy crow and similar titles like it's only going to be available to like the named character who flew that ship right uh, but what it does is it actually adds a crew slot and a device slot and a red cloak action, right? All very cool, interesting stuff, especially for scum to let, to get some of that scum crew on one of these things is awesome. I'm very excited. Can I just say um, the Xanadu blood is like, I mean, it's a great an name. Incredible name. Yeah, yeah. But it's just also like, what a, what a. Oh, it's a total, it's a total darts at the wall name too. And what a jarring, just like take a fictional locale from a 19th century poem. (laughs) I mean, on the other hand, they are speaking English and Han Solo does say to the deck officer in Empire Strikes Back, I'll see you in hell. So if hell is like a metaphor in Star Wars or a real place, then yeah, why not Xanadu? Then why not Xanadu? It's kind of, of a piece. It's like the, um, Star Trek universal translator thing where it's like they're not saying hell they're saying whatever the closest analogy would be yeah. which would be yeah. shaka when the walls fell uh, right xanadu when the crew slot um <laughs> xanadu when the device detonates yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, xanadu with the red cloak <laughs> i i uh xanadu was uh recently a clue uh an answer in the new york times crossword um, fun fact i'm, I'm out of practice Love. 
You got to get back in it. You got to get on that crossword. I do yeah, it every day. Keeps, I should. Keeps the brain sharp uh, by <laughs> forcing me to by forcing me to Google stuff I don't know. The louder you say it, the sharper the brain. Amen. Uh, and the last card revealed in this uh, in this last week post is it's a double cannon. Proton cannons, baby. Get excited, B-Wing players. The B-Wing, famously underpowered in 2.5, needing tons of help. Mm-hmm. Um, two cannon slots on that thing, though. So it's proton cannons. It takes two cannon slots. It gives you a four-dice attack and the bullseye only at range two to three, so just like heavy laser cannon. Uh, it has two recurring charges, and the attack says, attack, spend two charges. Change one eyeball or hit result to a crit result. Excuse me, to a crit result. Um, so it's like an every other round HLC that can crit uh, and gets that free mod. And I think it sounds uh, like pretty cool and fun. Here's the question, though. Is it better than HLC? Yes. Yeah, in in 2.5, it is. Yes. I think I agree. I think I would agree in 2.02 because I don't, I don't know how often you... You know, you don't you don't get HLC two turns in a row almost ever, both because of range control and arcs. So, right, yeah. So, yeah. So, this you could take a target lock when you are lining it up, and then you get your soft free eyeball mod and your rerolls for your right. Which is which is that's that's kind of a that's definitely a B wing specific synergy. I think about it in terms of not the although maybe are there any x-wing t70 x-wings that have a cannon slot because i know poe functionally has two torpedo slots because of hard point um right yeah so here's the thing um i believe the ruling is that they cannot use it for double cannons like yes there is a t70 um it is let me look it up right now vamp vamp while i look it up Oh, oh uh, well, uh, I think the T-70s are... <laughs> Here it is. It's Kara-Coon. Kara coon Yeah. It's Daredevil. Daredevil lady. Right. Um, Snap Wexley's girlfriend, canonically. Oh. A little lore yeah. for you. <laughs> Welcome to Lore Corner with Sam. <laughs> That's all I, I know. know who, who everybody's dating. <laughs> That's such, well, no, that just... such BS. You know so much about this no, crap. <laughs> no, it's from the Poe Dameron comic. And... Uh, hmm. I will say that as much as I know about lore, I don't know what the ship that Stubb is blowing up in the card art is. It's like, oh, it's the um, I know, I I know this one. Yeah, it's because you watched the uh, it, Clone Wars. Yeah, it's from the Clone Wars. It is those are the ships in the Pongrel arc. Oh, uh, in the series of episodes of Pongrel. Oh my God, what is it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's this planet that they're on. It's like eternally in nighttime. It's like a really it's it's a really interesting part. It's like Clone Wars season four, and you can really tell that one they have like hit a stride in their animation chops, because mm-hmm. um, the like there's a series of episodes that just like look outstanding. And if you listen to like there's a bunch of behind the scenes with Dave Filoni. If you listen to him, he's always going on about it and like uh, just going on about different stuff. But in that season specifically, he's like, oh yeah, we figured out all these new animation tricks and stuff that the guy, the animation team and the guys were so excited to do. So we really just let them 
you know, spread their wings on this stuff, right? He's right. like, you know, they were like, we really want to do a nighttime planet, so we just wrote something, right? Like yeah, that's like yeah, so much they, of the Clone Wars. It's like the animation team's like, we wrote, we drew the sick picture. Can we make an episode about it? And he's like, hell yeah, let's do it. Because um, the animation starts as George Lucas wanting it to look like the marionette puppets he watched as a yes. kid. It really, it really evolves and like looks. It, it, it's a pretty dramatic shift. <laughs> it looks less and like it, that. <laughs> less like that, but it's just like it, 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 it molds into a very cool style. And yeah, um, it looks. I mean, season seven, and they're able to, really they're able to do stuff with like model and character rigging in it that they weren't able to do early on anyway. But they're, they're basically, um, Pong Krell. <laughs> are you familiar with what Pong Krell actually did or just his destiny, uh, card? No, I know he, cause I, I looked it up on YouTube. He was like having the clones attack each other. Cause he's, it is, it is the most mustache twirling villain yeah. stuff ever. He's like, he's but, like, but, he's like having them do war games against each other. So that, Count Dooku will give him a double bladed red lightsaber for one of his eight arms. That's, Something like that. Yeah. That's my synopsis. He's like, he's like, I'm going to deliver. He's like, he, he, his, like he senses, he like, he had a vision, a Jedi vision, uh, that the war was not going to go well for them and that the Jedi were going to die. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, my only way out is to not reach out to Count Dooku at all but instead completely subvert the Republic's mission here, deliver this planet to Count Dooku, then call him and be like, ah, what do you think? And then he'll love me. Like, that's the plan. And he he gets them to fight each other by saying like, oh man, the enemy has stolen clone armor and is falling in our position, right? So you're going to get out there and you're going to think that they're clones, but you've got to shoot them anyway and definitely don't ask any questions, right? And they're like, Yes, sir. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And then the other clones are told the same thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, OK, definitely. Let's do it. Right. And then uh, and then obviously they figure it out and then they murk Poncrell and it doesn't work out for him. But there is an episode where some clones steal these funky looking ships here and fly them up and destroy the uh, the mother ship that is like messing them up. It's a good episode. Good episode. They're cool looking weird ships. Yeah, maybe. What was I talking about? Maybe an X-wing thing in the future. Sometimes they like soft announce. Yeah, yeah. Um, although no, yeah, so T eighty five yet, even though it's appeared on cards. uh, R.I.P. I will say, uh, talking about back to X-wing. Yeah, uh, so so she can't take two cannons. Yeah, correct. She's not allowed to take two two cannons. Um. Anyway, talking, it, you mentioned something about comics, and I uh, that, that oh, reminded just, me of something I wanted to bring up. Well, no, I just I keep thinking about. Have you read any of the Darth Vader comic books? I read, so they've renumbered it so many times, and I'm so out of the loop that I, I, I couldn't tell you like which volumes I read. But I read the first series when they retook over. I mean, you know, they gave the comic rights back to Marvel. And it was surprisingly okay. good. And then I read the, yeah. I started to read the one where he's like, I don't know, the arc about him trying to bring Padme back to life on Mustafar. Hell yeah. Uh, I keep thinking about, uh, I keep thinking about reading them, mostly because I recently heard discussed, uh, there is a, a comic where Jocasta knew, you know, Jedi librarian. 
mm-hmm. wields a fucking lightsaber sniper rifle against Darth Vader to try and take him down, which is incredible. Absolutely oh, incredible oh stuff. She's got one of the best yeah. deleted scenes of Attack of the Clones, which is saying a lot because there's some real whoppers is it, is in there. She, is it when she's sniping Darth Vader across an open field? Because <laughs> no, that's all I want to see. It's even worse. It's the one where she's like implying to Obi-Wan Kenobi that she had an affair with Count Dooku. Um, oh, sure. yeah. Actually, I've heard about this one. Yeah. 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 So listen, listen, there's nothing, nothing in the Jedi Code says you, oh, oh, no. What happened? Well, just uh, insert, we're well, talking about half some stock yeah. audio. Like that'd be so funny if, like, if there was technical difficulties, Chris just reappears after not being in the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I was saying uh, we we were talking about how uh, Jocasta New has a, defeat, a deleted scene where she maybe had an affair with Darth. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Darth, yeah. Well, Darth, Darth Tyrannus. Yeah, Count Dooku. <laughs> uh, and I was going to say, there's nothing in the Jedi Code that says you can't have been a little freak before you joined up. That's true. Yeah. Plus, she's a librarian, so I don't know if the rules are. They're different for librarians. Count Dooku's like, when's this due back? Plus, She's it's like Thursday. His name is Count Dooku. So it's like, what's his? Is he like one of those? Uh, I mean, I guess it's possible in uh, uh, real world religious orders to like hold a noble title and a religious I was going to, well, or is it like. Uh, is it like old time knighthoods where like he's he's a he's a knight because like they're a royal family and it's like a way like he's like the younger sibling or whatever so he gets like up jumped in his <laughs> career. Here's the confusing part though. Count Dooku's first name Grand Moff. So very. <laughs> I was gonna say his first name is Count. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dracula. Um, oh, delicious to meet you. He's a uh, boy. Just watch Revenge of the Sith in theaters. How was it? I don't know. It's a little. Is, this, is it still that movie? Because it's a pretty good movie. It's still that movie. I. It's funny. I will say, walking out, um, I overheard some guy talking to his, uh, you know, his pals that he was with, and he was like, "Yeah, in my opinion, you know, I'm not sure some of the acting or CGI holds up." And I was like, "Come on, buddy, you're here for a midnight showing of Revenge of the Sith, like." You know what you're getting into. You knew you, or you, or did you? Like, what, what, don't give these 2005 critiques. <laughs> Seventeen years later, at midnight, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't spend more time on Anakin's fall to the dark side. It was totally yeah, yeah, it's like you know, you're right? Yeah, and it's Man, like you know, like the texture doesn't hold up to modern CGI. That is something that uh, the Clone Wars cartoon does not nail. Uh, there's a lot of like people hype up that show. They're like, Oh, it really makes Anakin a real character. And like, really makes this like fall to the dark side way more realistic. Anakin cannot wait to be evil in this show all the time. He is like so ready to force choke somebody. The second anyone looks away, it's also uh, like itching to murder. I mean, in that way though, it's consistent with his character. Cause it's, Oh yeah, no, it's super consistent, but like, you don't need that context to know that he is a child who's ready to murder. Yeah, he did some genocide in the second movie. <laughs> Real casual. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
back back on topic back from technical difficulties back on topic these new ships look rad yeah look i'm i'm I'm, man i'm excited i'm going to gen con i told you about this yeah i tell you i bought i bought tickets you're in man i'm in baby you know i bought tickets i bought a flight holy heck booked a hotel yeah the middle of the west exactly that's my dead, that's my that's my territory. You, you're gonna you're gonna come out and defend defend your home turf. I'm gonna walk in to Gen Con like tip a table table over and be like, "Where's Sam? Let's go." I'm gonna be in the parking start, lot. Just start shit with people like, like Walter White, just like listening to my headphones getting pumped up for our fight. Um, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I definitely think points points adjustments are due, and I believe they're coming. It's my understanding that they're on their way. Um. And I'll, I'll be excited to see what they do. Uh, I can't wait to hear back from Chris next week about how it felt to play X-Wing in person. He was out there playing it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting with the points because I'm looking forward to the points changing. It is a strange thing where the I don't think the meta ever settled. Like I don't think we have like definitive answers on what's good or whatever, but all of our gut reactions on what was just broken balance wise were kind of vindicated. Like people, you know, anyone could look at the first attempt at 2.5 points and be like, uh, that's a lot of B wing loadout or, you know, that's a lot of, you know, Luke Skywalker, not saying those things are even going to change. The other strange thing is that I think a lot of the points problems, or I'll say, the factions that don't seem as strong. I don't know if you can fix a lot of that stuff with a straight points update. I think it's going to take more releases designed for 2.5 because it's, there's just like holes that aren't being filled in some factions, either on the low end or the high end or the middle points wise. And like, you're not going to, you know, no T70 X-Wing is going to drop to three as like a huge favor no. to the resistance. Like no, that stuff's right. not going to happen. And by the same token, I think a lot of the separatist faction is just not built for 2.5. Cause it's built for like generic swarms, which we certainly do not see a lot of anymore. So. Right. And, and I, I think, I think I have a little more faith that some of that can be um, fixed with points adjustments like i think the resistance can get help by points i think i think i I also think that like luke skywalker might not change but i don't think he needs to change right i definitely think i'm okay with luke i'm not i'm not complaining about luke per se and i also think Uh, yeah there's there's a lot of ways you could help these factions but at the end of the day it's like i think cas is in a little bit of trouble and i think republic's in a good spot and that's those 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 problems depending on whose perspective you are as a player right are structural ish <laughs> yeah sure i see what you're saying but i i don't know i i i like what we've got with 2.5 like i like the structure of the game right like i like the flow of the games i like how objective play feels um i like pursuing the different objectives and i really like pursu- like i've actually enjoyed list building lately like i really like I like the way that the objectives have kind of focused my ability to list build as, and I've also like, there was a survey going around. I don't know if you saw this. It was on, uh, it was posted on Facebook and discord and mm-hmm. things like that. Right. Uh, 
some podcast was collecting data, right? And it was like, you know, what do you like? What do you not like about 2.5, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things it was like, you know, how do you feel about the new style of this building? And I marked down that I really like it, right? Because it is finally, like people people have really latched onto in their update article. I'm not sure if you've read that update article back when it came out. They used a term called obfuscated advantage, in yeah. the in the update article, people have latched onto that like it's some nonsense phrase, which like a little bit of a nonsense phrase, but I absolutely understand what they're saying because I lived that, right? And we all have, right? We all lived that moment where like you you build your first X Wing list and you put a bunch of upgrades and then you like share it with a friend. They're like, hey, um, strip out like ninety percent of these upgrades and add two more ships, and then you've right. got a decent list, right? And it's like that, no, like having that piece of knowledge unlock in your brain, or like having someone tell you that, absolutely is not clear from the way, like looking at a points PDF or a squad building app, like te- like nothing in that in those setups teach you how to list build in that way, other than someone just letting you in on the secret. That like, don't do that. Instead, do this. And this style of this building takes that away. It makes it super clear when they say Luke Skywalker should have 28 points worth of upgrades on him. Put whatever combination you want on there and you're going to build a suboptimal or an optimal or like a personalized choice. So whatever you build, it's not going to necessarily be so wrong that you are going to be at such a disadvantage because you just didn't know the secret that don't do that on Luke instead put extra ships because that's no longer a choice. Right. So like I, I get what they meant by that phrase and I agree with it because like that is an unpleasant feeling um, to be like, yeah, I only fly Luke Skywalker with nothing on him because he's too many points and I want an extra ship. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of list building. You know this because you've built most of my lists that I've used for <laughs> tournaments that I don't like list building. Uh, yeah. Except now I kind of do like list building. I like, I still let you build my list for stuff because I'm not good at it, but I like it now. <laughs> I I like the list building system with like ten asterisks after that sentence. Uh, okay. Well, I like the fluff aspect, which you kind of yeah. were hitting on, which is that you can actually, you know, when you have a scum crew carrier. It's more fun if you can put a bunch of crew, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, that I think my frustrations with list building are actually frustrations with the scenarios. I think, okay. A, I hate chance encounter. Is that what it's called? Not chance engagement. It's a dog, dog fighting. The dog fighting one, don't enjoy it. Uh, get mm-hmm. rid of it. I think it's just like too much of a... I don't hate the idea that you have to be able to do a variety of different things in a tournament to win. Like, I don't want the, the, I want the scenarios to be less similar, but also I want them to be less like 2.0. So I could do without chance engagement. The way I'd like them to be different is that they encourage you to have different, um, I guess ships that fill different archetypal roles like a maybe like a convoy escort or something. I'm I'm not gonna design the game because I don't know better than the designers. And I'm sure they're gonna update the scenarios eventually. But yeah, something more like uh Star Wars Squadrons, the video game, where most, you know, a lot of lists have this like the the support ship, the heavy, the right, ace, right, right, you know, right. that sort of thing. And less to what I currently feel is kind of a a different type of efficiency thing where it's I wanna get the optimal balance of ship count to loadout point because I want to have a high ship count to contest objectives, but I want to have enough loadout points to nuke 
things off the face of the earth, which is not horrible, but is also not. And, and at a certain point, you're always going to have people building lists efficiently to do the thing that gives them the best chance to win the game. But I do think right. there is a sameness to some of these objectives now where it's like, I do get near the thing, you know? Yeah. One, one thing I want to see change in list building is like, and this is not necessarily a complaint about uh, the people. Some people have complained that like granularity has been lost, which I, I think is true. Right. But I do, what I don't know is if I don't know how big of a loss it is. Right. Um, yeah. You know, like, like the 20, like the, whether or not it is, is kind of not my point. Right? I mean, you've, you've, we've lost granularity, but look at how much stuff is physically on the table. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But, but the thing I, I would be interested in the doing is like, like a step further where it's like, you can have fat Luke at seven points or you could have skinny Luke at six points. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be um, fun. Like not elite, with, elite in destiny. A hundred percent. Yeah. That kind of decision-making process where it's like, Hey, if you want super Luke, you got to pay the extra squad point, right? But you get super Luke or you can have like slim Luke and he's, you know, he's a little cheaper, right? Where it kind of lets people play the efficiency game they want to play, but I, it's not always going to be clear that that's the better choice, right? right. Um, Which they have with yet- Poe. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Like you have you have the two pose. If those two pose had the same pilot ability, if they could both do their thing every round just for themselves, that would be fine, right? It would be cool uh, if they did a whole card pack that was we took ships that are famous pilots, but maybe have historically problematic pilot abilities. Like Boba Fett's pilot ability has always been a problem because it's too similar to his first edition one. And uh-huh we redesigned them for objective play in mind, not for dogfighting in mind. And so, and, okay, and, you know, yeah. you, they can both be legal and, and then maybe we can do the system you have. If we're also, while we're throwing destiny ideas on the fire, uh, the team up system would be nice. I'd like to have a little points rebate. If I put R2D2 on Luke or BB8 on Poe, I, I don't yeah. like that. I'm so, still so incentivized to take R4 Astromech on Poe and a lot of situations. Although I, I actually kind of like BB-8 better. Now they, they actually, they talked about something very similar to that um, early on at an early on stream. So I, I, it's a long time ago now and who knows if it has gone by the wayside, but they discussed that there may be quick build style cards, like predetermined loadouts mm-hmm. yeah. that would be squad building legal like to to take this specific loadout, but would not strictly adhere to what you could build yourself, and you might get it for cheaper, right? Um, like if you very like, because they've also talked about how there's like a Battle of Yavin pack coming out, right? And it's like, okay, if that pack comes out, and it's like you could play Luke Skywalker with R two D two and proton torpedoes, right? But he has to just have R two D two and proton torpedoes. He might be a different points loadout than the Luke Skywalker you can build the way you want, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's a different point cost or value rather. I, I, uh, uh, so I don't know. I, I think this stuff is not necessarily coming because I cannot divine the future, but I, I definitely think that um, development wise, they have discussed this sort of option. Yeah. yeah. I, I assume that everything <laughs> I'm saying, they and know, I, you know, and part yeah. of it is the the transition between the two games and, 
And I'm, I, my thing is just like, okay, I'm ready for the next step. Not that I think I'm saying anything the developers don't know. The other thing is, yeah. I would love if they did those quick build cards for a table neatness perspective. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I, something, something's got to give on that. And I see, I don't see them. I don't, I, I don't see them doing this because I don't see Asmodee allowing it. But like, you, if you talk about other miniatures games, like you talk about like games workshop games, right? You, mm-hmm. there's no cards, right? There's just like you know what your ability, what your guys can do because it's in a book, right? And you come with a piece of paper that says what you have on it, right? right. And that is starting to be what people want to do for X-Wing with these like infinite arenas, quick build cards uh, and things like that. Um, so we're start, we're starting to get to that stage. Right. I just wish I had or a like, it's just high crap. gloss color printer and a laminator. Cause that's my main hold up. You should have married my wife. She's extremely crafty and I have all those things. And yes, I have I'm a, a uh, <laughs> And I've I have said I should have married your wife. <laughs> hey, man, my wife is great. I'd highly recommend marrying her. 10 out of 10. I would do it again if I could. Well, we'll see where we both are in 20 years. <laughs> we can get married to each other. Done. Yeah. If in 20 yeah. years, if in 20 years, you haven't had a kid and I haven't had any more kids, we'll get married to each other and adopt a kid. Let's uh, let's take this podcast. Let's adopt Chris and take this podcast to the next level. Amen. Hey, Chris, if you're out there listening, and I know you are. Congratulations, you've been adopted. Uh, <laughs> I think it's actually a good place to end it uh, on that note, on the on, on the coming together of our new family. Uh, thank you, Sam, for joining me. This has been yet another X-Wing podcast. I am your host, Pete Lambro. Join us this week and every week for hot, hot takes on the latest Star Wars content and sometimes takes about Star Wars X-Wing, the miniatures game. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, oh, you know what? I should shout out the, the newest discord, the hottest discord. We are, as you know, Sam, primarily a New York, New Jersey focused podcast, but, uh, but there is a new X-Wing, there is a new X-Wing discord cropped up, uh, for tri-state X-Wing, tri-state except not Connecticut, (laughs) New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, uh, and, uh, it's nice because people have been coming by and dropping event links in. So it's kind of a collated area to grab uh, events in the, in the area. Like, so uh, you know, New York city events, New Jersey events, uh, Pennsylvania events. And there's, there's quite a few events happening in, in this Northeast coast zone. So if you live in the area, you're curious about it. I will have a link to that joining that discord in the description. So join us there. It's uh, very well organized, if I do say so myself, because I complained to Zach and he made it organized. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week.